the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Dave Ellswick Show podcast is sponsored by the Juris Law Group. We provide estate planning for all ages, and we specialize in helping seniors get VA and Medicaid benefits for in-home, assisted living, and nursing home care. For a no-risk consultation, call us at 501-400-8250 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com. That's J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. All right, Dave Ellswick Show, a Thursday. Val is here. I don't know if uh, Donnie Copeland's going to be here or not. I haven't heard back from him. But our uh, guest uh, here on the Thursday show as normal is J.R. Davis. And uh, J.R., thanks for getting here. He just... I'm going to tell you what, he came running in here <laughs> as the uh, theme was playing. You hear me catching my breath. So what What do you? Uh, what happened today? Well, actually, some great news. The governor just hosted a uh, media availability with press in his office and to announce that uh, in one year, 117,000 uh, uh, folks have been rolled off of the Medicaid rolls in Arkansas. That's 58,000 on Arkansas Works. So Arkansas Works number is now at 285. Uh-huh. Uh, which was up around 340 at the beginning of the year. Um, so, and also that uh, because of those reductions, um, the DHS will be asking the legislature for uh, nearly half a billion dollars less than anticipated in the biennium, uh, which is which is big news. That's taxpayer dollars. So, you can turn that back to the taxpayers. That's, hey, that's the plan. That's the plan. But I think again, you got to remember that a lot of that's federal money. There's, uh, oh yeah, there is, I forget about that. There's a good chunk that's, uh, there's a good chunk that's uh, SGR as well. But you got to remember, taxpayer money's taxpayer money, and and uh, and we're, right. we're we're excited about that announcement. It's a big big step forward, and um, really kind of highlights all the work that we've done uh, to date on Arkansas Works, well, you the know, Medicaid program in general. Starting in uh, in in February, President Trump says we start we should start seeing some more money in our paychecks. I'm sure you're happy with that, with as little as you paid over there. Hey, man, you know, I think we're all happy about that, aren't we? <laughs> oh, yeah, but it's only yeah. two or $300 as though that's no money whatsoever. I guess the people who make high six-figure yeah, salaries, there's no big are, deal. $200 huh? is a lot of money to me. So I always, I always I, I, it just ticks me off so badly when they, they poo-poo two or $300 a month. Yeah. That's oh, a car that's payment. Real money. That's a lot of money. It's real money. Yeah, pull your microphone over a little closer. Especially when you're talking about a month. Go. Yes. Yeah, a month. I mean, My that's goodness. a car payment. Yeah. yeah, that is a car payment. So. It? It's, well, maybe not. I mean, that Bugatti big big <laughs> I want. No. <laughs> nah, the anyway, that might not. That might not. <laughs> you better buy that outright cash. Yeah. Well, maybe after I win the lottery sale. Mm-hmm. There you go. That'll do it. I never win. I'm going to, well, I'm, I'm, you can tell I'm here. I'm one I of those, won. like I'm, I know I'm one, like I'm always I've always been that kind of person like my parents will never help me out you know if I'm gonna get it it's gonna be me it's gonna it's take gonna a couple be days me, me. it's gonna take a couple days for folks to realize that Dave's won the lottery he's gonna loop a couple <laughs> of these shows I'm like wait a minute I thought we talked about this yesterday and then he'll be yeah. gone and he'll be gone he'll be well, out of there well here's the key if you would win Saturday's uh, Powerball mm-hmm. and you took the lump payment mm-hmm. after taxes and I'm gonna be I'm going to be a couple of million dollars either more or short, but 
what what does that mean right. when you talk about one hundred and seventy five million dollars? Yeah. Well, it's just the principle, though. Where's the rest of that four hundred and where is it three hundred something million state dollars go? And federal taxes. They... Hey, I'm telling you no, right no, now. No, no, no. But the lump sum. I mean. Oh well, they just only if you take a lump sum. It's always smaller than if you take the full, right. you'll pay it out right. over time. I, I'm sure it's happened, but I'd love to know the last time someone like said, yeah, payment. I want to go ahead and get it. Yeah, you know, I want to uh, get it each year. A little year. bit, you know, a each month year. or whatever each year. I yeah. think I would. I don't know. I'd no. Well, actually, some. no. I, I, yeah. After my mom told me about Illinois not paying out. Well, you don't even have to worry about that. I, I you know, tomorrow's not even guaranteed to me, so uh, yeah. I want it all <laughs> yeah. today. I was about I to say, now. right now. And somebody yeah. says, well, Dave, what would you do with that, all that money? And, I, I don't know exactly, but I'm looking forward yeah. to find out. Hey, and this is a conversation <laughs> for another day, but but not being able to pay out the lottery is, is one of the lesser concerns for Illinois. <laughs> right. Well, that's true. So, that's true. Wait, in no, no. Yeah. Deep kimchi. Mm-hmm. Oh, they are. They're in, you know what? They're in worse, worse financial straits than iHeartRadio. We got the That's rim pretty shot. Bad. We got That's a rim shot. That's pretty bad. No? Oh, got... <laughs> Look, Russ is just saying, I'm not getting involved <laughs> with that, Ellswick. <laughs> That's bad, Dave. Well, I had. They owe $16 billion. Ow. Mismanagement. Well, I don't have time to talk about it here on the air. Right. Bottom line is, is that they just kept buying and then borrowing against everything. They kept buying, and now it's all coming due. Just like if you just kept. You kept buying new, getting new credit cards and mm-hmm. putting you know more money more money more money and then, and then not paying suddenly up. somebody says uh, no we won't give you your new credit card mm-hmm. now you're in trouble yeah and that's where and that's mm. where they are at right now all right enough about all of that let's get into talking about state business let's talk a little bit about the tax task force so hard to say <laughs> uh, the tax task force uh, i've got the story here by wickline from the uh, demgas Planning long look at state levies with eye on changes. Uh, you know, I understand that the legislature is looking and lifting every rock up, looking for. I hate when they say revenue because when they that makes me feel like they're just taking my money because they need revenue. But what I don't understand, uh, Jr. When I think of a task, a tax task force, I think of a group of elected officials that are getting together to reform the tax programs here in the state so that we can save the taxpayer money, not just to generate more money for the state. Does that, does that make sense? Sure, and I think that again, I think these. You know, Mike Wickland does a tremendous job of, of reporting on these uh, task forces and, and committee meetings and that sort of thing. But I do think that it's important to note that again, this is there's still so much in, um, information gathering right now. And, and the governor even mentioned it yesterday. You saw the uh, uh, the article this morning that he's read the report. Uh, he says it's a helpful study as to kind of where we are as a state and where we are, you know, w- uh, in comparison to our surrounding states. But he was quoted in there saying, you know, that it's a useful guide. It, of course, doesn't address the tough part, which is the decision-making aspect, uh, but it's an important first step. And then he goes on to say that uh, in the coming months he'll uh, make his recommendations uh, as far as the future of tax reform goes to the task force. So, uh, again, I I think that the idea is to, you know, broaden the base and and lower the rates and to be able to uh, provide real reform 
uh, to individual taxpayers here in Arkansas and families as well. So I, I do agree. I do believe that there's just a lot of information out there right now. They're, they're asking experts from all sides trying to figure out, you know, where all this money's been, some of those loopholes, that sort of thing. Um, and, and I think once they have all that information, then they'll start going through, you know, how, how do we want to set this up? But the end game uh, is absolutely to lessen the burden on Arkansas taxpayers and to be more competitive as a state. But it makes me wonder what's going on in the mind of our elected officials. Uh, for instance, uh, Senator Hendren acknowledged, uh, I guess, to, uh, to Wickline that some lawmakers believe the legislature should consider repealing the reduced sales tax rate on groceries. But he's skeptical that there's enough support on the 16-member force to make that recommendation. I want to know, I want Hendren to name names on this stuff, because when you read that kind of thing, these are people that are out of touch. Yeah, and I, again, I would say, though, when you, when you talk about Senator Hendren and, and uh, the goals of the task force, I, I do believe that the, the point is to say, look, we've got to some we've got to close some of these loopholes. There's these tax credits out there that, like, we've talked about this before, that if you have a shelf full of canned goods, right, and they just sit there for years, you forget what you have up there, and you forget mm-hmm. where some mm-hmm. of these tax credits are going. And so the idea is to say, okay, let's let's flush out the pantry, right? Let's Let's figure out what's in there. Uh, and then let's come back with a plan. And that plan is if you if you have to repeal, you know, the the, the grocery tax to a point to be able to lower the income tax overall, uh, that's a, an advantage for our can for our Kansans as well as the state as a whole from an economic development standpoint. So that's just one perspective. Um, but I have no doubt, and I, I think the governor has a, a lot of uh, um, uh, you know confidence in the task force. Uh, and that they will provide uh, substantive reform because that's what Arkansans want. That's the whole point of this task force and, uh, to begin with. But but I say but all the, that to say, but yeah. The taxpayers, when they hear reform, they're looking for reform that's going to put more money back in right. their pockets. Right. And I think that's absolutely their intention. I have no doubt about that, and that's why I say I think the governor's confident in that. But also, and that's why the governor said that, he's going to roll out what he would like to see, too, as for far 2019. as tax reform. Yeah, for 2019. So it'll be after the fiscal, but it'll be in the coming months where the governor says, look, this is what I'd like to see happen. Um, and you guys can, uh, you know, bet that the, the governor has uh, Arkansans in mind and that he wants to lessen that burden. And he wants to be, you know, really and truly economically uh, competitive with our surrounding states. We got to get that income tax uh, rate down. We got to. Uh, and that's been one of his goals from the very beginning. Has he thought about having a task force to look at governmental or state, in this case, state programs, and what those state programs are doing and how they are working, and are they even necessary anymore? Sure. Well, actually, we have established uh, what we refer to as the Transformation Advisory Board, Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was announced in the spring of last year. Um, And uh, basically, it's a group of, there's there's a few, you know, uh, state employees, there's a few uh, quite a few, a majority of private sector individuals um, that are together and looking at each agency through strategic plans and all that sort of stuff and saying, okay, what's what's working? What's not working? Uh, what is a benefit to taxpayers? What's not? Uh, you know, what's outdated? Uh, what needs to stay? They're looking at all that sort of stuff, and they're going agency by agency. Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin is, I believe, uh, the vice chair uh, of that uh, task force. So they, they are, that's kind of what they're doing right now in that perspective of gathering all that information and then making those recommendations to the governor. Um, so I think that's incredibly uh, important that they do that. 
Um, but it's important. Again, we kind of go back to the, the pantry analogy there. There's just you, you talk about state government. Things have happened under different administrations and different legislatures forever and ever. We got to take a look and say, you know, how do we save taxpayer money doing this in a different way? Maybe it's antiquated. Uh, a good example is I think it was released today from uh, the Department of Finance Administration, DFNA, uh, that said, hey, we're going to provide. I think it's about five different services online that you couldn't do beforehand, that you had to go to an office or fill out paperwork, submit it, that sort of thing. You can now do it online. Uh, a few weeks back, they announced that you can uh, get a replacement Social Security card online, which you weren't able to do before, and you don't have to go to the – I saw that. Yeah, so there's, there's, that's the sort of things that these agencies are working with the Transformation Advisory Board uh, and Amy Fetcher, who's the uh, uh, Director of Transformation for the Governor's Office. So we're – we're, you know, sometimes it's quiet, but we are definitely doing some things with our agencies to make sure we're being good stewards of taxpayer dollars. Well, one a good example of what you're talking about, I think uh, we can look at what Gillespie has done uh, now that she's in because she's been the driving force of cleaning up these roles. Absolutely. Uh, BB's administration didn't do it. They had a had a computer program that they paid how much money? Several. Was it $400 million <laughs> that it never worked? Yeah. It never worked, and we never got any money back on that, by the way. Yeah, that's when the governor got into office, there was – I think it's one of those things where when you you know, when you know run for governor and, and you have these uh, these plans and these agendas, and we were um, uh, you know lucky to really drive those agendas in the, in the first legislative session to get a lot of those accomplished. But then you start seeing some of the stuff that was left behind and, and the dirt under the rug, if you will, and that was the issue over at DHS. Cindy Gillespie and her team – have done a tremendous job, and it's not just uh, DHS, Workforce Services. They're, the interagency cooperation that we have never really seen uh, in Arkansas government is happening to the benefit of Arkansas taxpayers. So uh, the, that interagency cooperation has been a real driving force in order to get that backlog down. And, again, I, I can't say this enough. I think this is a huge announcement today that we went from somewhere around 340 at the beginning of 2017, down to 285, and that's without the waiver that we still have pending before the federal government. That's without the work requirements and without the lowering of the income threshold uh, from 138 of FPL to 100% of FPL. That's without any of that. So that's pretty astonishing what we've been able to do through those efficiencies uh, and, and the interagency cooperation. And how much cooperation. money did you say that was? For Ballpark? For the savings? Yes. Well, for Arkansas Works, it'll be somewhere around $35 million uh, in the second year when it's implemented, mm-hmm. which is huge. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of money. And not to mention the fact that you've got fifty to 60000 that will roll off uh, into the individual marketplace uh, once the FPL is, is approved. And then the work requirements, you know, thirty to 40000 So, again, those are without all of this today. Today's announcement, all of that happened without... Uh, those reforms that we're still waiting to implement. So I think that speaks vol- volumes that we're saying what we have pending before the federal government is just an aspect of what we're doing. And we're we're staying busy trying to make sure we keep those roles down and uh, and make sure those who are on it should be and those who aren't shouldn't be. All right. Let's take a look at New Balance Shoes. They are over in West Little Rock on Highway 10. They are the place you can go and get your feet measured digitally. They use a Brannock device over there. They know exactly and can tell you exactly how long your feet are and how wide your feet are or how narrow your feet are. Did you know as you age, your feet get bigger? I did not even know that. I had no idea that that was, that was the case. Oh, you got to, you got to, there you go. 
Get your mic up here. You would think they'd get smaller. No, no. Think about it for a moment. You walk on your feet. So they get years. wider or longer? Yeah, they can get wider and longer. <laughs> wow. It's just because of gravity. Oh. And so uh, they suggest at New Balance you get your, your uh, feet measured every year just to make sure that that way when you go into the store, you know exactly how long and how wide your feet are, and you'll be able to buy the most comfortable pair of shoes that you can get for at work or if you're going out and doing some running or things of that nature. Uh, they're stocking children's shoes in extra wide width for men and women. They stock New Balance shoes in 2A narrow all the way up to 6E wide. And it's the only New Balance store in Little Rock that makes custom footbeds that give you ultimate comfort. That's New Balance store over on Cantrell, Highway 10, West Little Rock. You know, everything you know about claiming your Social Security benefits has been turned upside down. Because it's a new year, right? Government can't keep things straight, so they've <laughs> they've got to change it. At the first of the year, well, they've changed it. New rules for claiming your benefits have gone into effect for the new year, and your decisions that you make can cost you, you know, thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits that are rightfully yours. And also higher taxes and even increased Medicare premiums. You can get the facts in the updated 2018 Guide to Social Security from David Lucas. You hear David Lucas here on Saturdays at 10 o'clock and again at 3 o'clock on 96.5 FM, The Answer. Uh, The simple and easy-to-read guide is packed full of up-to-date information for 2018 that can help you avoid losing thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits that are rightfully yours. So to get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security be one of the uh, first 10 callers right now to uh, 501-653-6690. That number again, 501-653-6690. That's for the free 2018 guide to Social Security. Be one of the first 10 callers right now. All right, J.R. Davis is here. We are coming up on Todd Starnes. Let me... uh, uh, go back uh, with uh, the uh, the spokesman for the governor's office and we were talking about we still haven't uh, gotten those specific things about you know going from 138 to uh, percent to 100% and the work requirements and all the rest the waivers that we're hoping for did the governor say anything about what he's heard about that i mean are we getting close yeah, I mean, I mean it's, been, got, it's almost a, right. you know, it's been a while now. Yeah, it's been a while, and obviously a year. Uh, <laughs> they, they work. Uh, the federal government works on on their time frame, yes, not necessarily do. ours. Um, but no, we're still very, very optimistic that we're going to get that waiver granted. Uh, it's just going to be, uh, you know, when. Uh, so we're we're still we've got great communication with the Trump administration, um, with CMS, with HHS, uh, with OMB. We've had. Uh, uh, we have great representation up there as well from our office that's been having those conversations uh, with the federal government. So uh, we're 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 in a good spot. We just you know it's it's just waiting on the federal government. So All right. so J.R. Davis will be with us in the next half hour. We've got other things to talk about. I did want to talk to him about the uh, the governor talking about the benefits of this one point two million dollar mapping effort uh, that's underway. Have him talk a little bit about that. Give you the uh, the long and skinny of it. Uh, and we can talk about other issues that that are out there. We can talk about NAFTA and some other things uh, that the government, uh, the governor has been involved with here in the the last uh, few.
few weeks during the uh, holiday period. But coming up, Todd Starnes is going to be with us. Don't forget, starting Monday is when uh, you are going to be able to tune in between 6 and 8 a.m., and uh, you're going to hear a brand-new show here uh, for Conduit for Action. They have their own show coming on starting on Monday, and it will, uh, Paul Harrell will be hosting it, and that will start at 6 a.m. in the morning and go to 8 a.m. All right, back with you. Watch your lips now, girl. What? Yo, watch what you're saying. Well, I know. I didn't know we were. Oh, <laughs> See, you just gave it away. You're on. It was an email that I got. Okay. Wasn't... But we won't read it on the email. No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, I just like calling Val out on the air. I know. Quit. Yeah, yeah Donnie, uh, I just heard from Donnie Copeland. And uh, he had something come up, had to take his wife to the doctor, so he's doing that. And uh, I've got to give, give him a call and talk to him a little bit later. But the bottom line is, good to have him uh, let us know where he's at. You know, I feel like a parent sometimes. <laughs> just just, just got to know. Everybody's just got to know. Yeah. I gotta, well, I'm, I'm like that. I really am. You asked Russ. Russ was, was late today. He was not here on time. Did and, you call him? And what did I do, Russ? He texted me. Where you at? You okay? You okay? <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. Sounds like that does sound like I what worry I do about my, my friends. So now I'm just really going to hang do. outside that door at 206 and just Be see like, if I get a nice friendly <laughs> text. You know, yeah, I haven't you? gotten one of those yet. Yeah. Yeah. Are you okay? Well, good. are you okay? <laughs> if if you don't show up at 210. No, okay. You'll get a text right. saying, right. hey, JR, where are you? Are you, are you okay, okay, buddy? <laughs> you'll get one of those from me. All right, so uh, let's, let's talk about other things that are going on. Uh, we've got, uh, you got a story that was in the paper dealing about for uh, 19 days in January and February, five airplanes flew 19,000 feet above Arkansas, shooting 30,067 digital images of the entire state's terrain. Those images, which uh, encoded latitudinal and longitudinal, I bet you didn't think you could say those words, did you? Uh, coordinates have been woven into a detailed digital map of the, st- of the state. The governor announced completion of the year-long $1.2 million mapping project Wednesday in the hallway of the Madison County Courthouse in Huntsville. And he said there's benefits to this. And with that all said, by the way, the story was written by Bill Bowden and M- Emily Walken of the uh, dim gas i always like to read the bylines so uh jr what is this supposed to help us with really and truly is just uh actually you know um two things that it accomplished one was for our first responders i mean a state changes quite a bit over a seven-year period of time especially arkansas we're continuing to grow especially in northwest arkansas north central northeast um and then really across the state but that's you know new roads um uh, new uh, buildings that have popped up, which just really and truly, if you talk to some of the first responders, it just helps them um, be able to tell. Uh, well, I say the 911 dispatchers helps with the first responders saying, okay, you got to take a ride on this road. There should be a red barn. I mean, just simple things like that. Yeah. Just because know, there's new roads. I there's think. new roads. Yeah. Right. So really, it just helps them get to where they need to go uh, and is a huge benefit to the citizens of Arkansas, number one. Number two, uh, from an economic development perspective, this is this is huge. So AEDC, when they're recruiting industry, it helps them be able to provide a map of the infrastructure and, sh- and say, look, we have the perfect spot for your new headquarters. Um, for some of the counties, we saw uh, the tremendous work out of Arkadelphia uh, when they brought in uh, Sun Paper. Uh, it, they did a lot from just the county's perspective 
uh, in the city. And this sort of uh, stuff really helps them be able to say, look, this is what we have to offer. Here's the infrastructure in place. You're close to, you know, uh, I-40 I or 49 or whatever it might be. So it, it's really helpful on those two fronts, first responders and economic development for the state. All right. Well, that sounds like money well spent then. Yeah, you know, and, and it's actually and it gets it gets cheaper every time we do it because you know technology has gotten uh, you know more uh, feasible, more affordable uh, for the states. Now, some states like Texas, you know, so flat that they can rely on stuff like Google Images and stuff right. like that. Uh, but for Arkansas, we have a lot of terrain, and uh, and GIS director um, uh, is is really uh, incredible in what he's been able to do uh, through this project. And he mentioned too in, in a story. I don't know if it was the Democrat Gazette or State Scoop, but he talked about how there's there's so there's so many trees and all that sort of stuff that they got really lucky uh, in this particular situation because there were was it in 19 days it was very clear they were able to see a whole lot of stuff and so it's high resolution uh shelby johnson is is the director and, and he's just done an incredible job through this project so we'll try to update this every three to five years just to keep the state up to date so what you're saying is that we've moved away from redneck navigation <laughs> when right. uh, you know somebody say well how do i get to where you're at and right you say exactly you know there's a old decrepit red barn with a fire plug next to it you take a right there yeah now, do you remember when people used to give you directions like that i mean we none yeah. of us do that anymore because yeah. we got most of us have gps or when they say oh and you're like how far is that oh it's five minutes as crow flies yeah, yeah. <laughs> well like, and, what the? you know and that's actually a good point so much of our state is rural yeah and so you have a lot of these you know dirt roads that pop up you know that that uh that weren't there three or four years ago uh whether it's a new uh, you know, home or something that's been been out there on a ranch or something like that. And if, if paramedics or someone needs to get out there, they got to be able to have that up to date information. So that's really one of the biggest uh, aspects of it. But I, but I think we're going to see uh, it'll be a lot easier to have those conversations with uh, prospective companies when we can mm-hmm. say, look yeah. at look at all we have to offer here. Yeah, look at that. you got the, you got a couple of interstates close to you. You got a railroad track. Uh, access right there by you and all all the things they're always looking for. There's an airport not more than, I don't know, 20, 25, 40 minutes away. Those I, types of things, they're, they're, they're interested in that. I, and I can't imagine, uh, you know, being a first responder and not being able to find a place because it's not on the map. No, yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, you can imagine that they're probably, you know how you, when you, you get excited in your heart, they're probably, where's this place yeah. at? And, and how many times? And, yeah. and how many times we talk about, you know, seconds make all mm-hmm. the difference in the world in mm-hmm. situations like mm-hmm. that. So it, it's really interesting when the governor announced this up in Huntsville uh, in Madison County, uh, it was great to hear um, uh, County Judge Weaver's perspective on stuff and Sheriff Evans and, and, and everything they they can utilize this for. But but really, we went down to the dispatch center there, the 911 dispatch center. It's very small there in Madison County. But they kind of walked us through, you know, where they'll get a call, they'll pull up the map, and they're able to walk their first responders through where to go. And if they don't have that up-to-date information, sometimes it gets, gets kind of difficult to get to where you're supposed to be. Especially yeah. in the rural. I just thought that was an interesting story. I wanted to get that out to folks because I know – that people look and they just read headlines a lot of times because they're like me. They're too cheap to buy a newspaper. So you see that kind of story on the front page. And yeah. The headline says Governor touts benefits of $1.2 million mapping effort. You go, oh, that's cool. But you have no idea what it was for. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, and it was actually about 970000 So it was it was less than $1.2 million. Oh, good. Um, it has been that in the past. But again, like I said, every time they do this, and the last time we did it was about seven to eight years ago, 
uh, it does get more affordable. But yeah, well, money well spent. If it saves, you know, one life, it's worth it. And obviously, for counties in rural Arkansas that we're trying to get uh, new companies to invest in, it's it's also um, you know a tremendous asset to have. All right, before we get to the break, let me ask you about the fiscal session. Uh, that's coming up. I think it begins in February, if I'm not mistaken, goes for no more than 45 days. Is that right? Yeah, it starts in February. I think it's about 30 days. Um, okay. So it'll be, hope you know, hopefully uh, in and out. And uh, and obviously um, you know, the fiscal session, uh, this is stuff that's already, you know, we've already had debates on. It's just uh, appropriating uh, uh, or, or uh, approving the appropriation for those agencies and, and stuff like that. So uh, I know the governor's excited about it. Uh, we have some really cool things to roll out uh, on Tuesday. The governor will address the joint budget committee uh, and talk about the the budget itself. and And I think you'll see some some of the uh, fruits of our labor as far as conservative uh, approach uh, to um, the budget. So, All right. so can you give us you know give us a little taste here? I mean, just you know offer, what? Offer me a line of information. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. have to uh, next Thursday I can talk about all you want. So okay, I think the governor yeah, wants to keep it under wraps right now. But okay. he's you know again though I think today's um, uh, you know announcement talking about you know DHS because of these these uh, efficiencies and, and moving you know 117,000 individuals off Medicaid. Number one, it means they're a lot of it means they're finding new jobs. Is you know that through the work referral we're not even talking about the work requirements, but through just the work referral that we got under the previous administration, we've connected more than 4,000 individuals to jobs which is pretty incredible when it wasn't, there's no teeth behind it. You didn't have to, but right. every person that comes on to Arkansas works had to be referred over to, uh, uh, workforce services. And, and it has been pretty tremendous that, you know, I think it backs up that whole philosophy. We believe that Arkansans want to work. They need to be connected to jobs. Uh, and that's what we've done through, through this part of it. And so the work requirements is you, you got to think it's just going to be incredibly successful. Um, but more than 4,000 individuals, uh, have found work through the Department of Workforce Services in that referral program. So, um, you know, more people are working, less people are on Medicaid than than um, than January of 2015 when the governor took office. So we are below when the governor came in as far as individuals on Medicaid. Uh, and, you know, the DHS, because of that, is going to uh, request you know, nearly half a billion dollars less uh, in spending. So there's your there's your tease uh, for Tuesday. Um, but I think we're going in the right direction. And again, that's without the Arkansas 2.0, uh, uh, Arkansas Works 2.0 waiver, uh, without that approval yet. So. All right. J.R. Davis is our guest, spokesman for the governor. We'll be back for our final segment right after these. All right. Final segment with J.R. Davis, the spokesperson for uh, the governor's office. A big story that has uh, uh, come out today in that uh, the Justice Department sent uh, a shiver of uncertainty through the uh, now thriving legal marijuana industry by rescinding Obama administration policies not to interfere with state laws allowing people to use pot for medical and recreational uses. Attorney General Jeff Sessions characterized the uh, dramatic policy shift as a, quote, return to the rule of law, unquote, in a memo outlining the change by federal officials could not answer whether people selling or using marijuana in certain states where it's considered legal would now be more at risk of prosecution. So that's not rolled out on this. Now, we're just starting to roll out our medicinal marijuana situation here in the state of Arkansas. What does this kind of material do 
to that program? Yeah, well, I think obviously uh, that was, uh, you know, the governor said today in the, in the pen and pad that, that you know, he's he's surprised it hasn't happened before now. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's known uh, the Attorney General Jeff Sessions for 30 years. They were both U.S. attorneys together. Uh, so he, he knows um, Jeff Sessions pretty well. Uh, you know, the governor's, obviously we had uh, on the ballot medical marijuana. Uh, the governor campaigned against it. At the end of the day, uh, Arkansans spoke, and, and that's what we have now. But the governor's been very, very clear that there needs to be a firewall between, you know, what medicinal marijuana means versus recreational marijuana. Uh, and and so when you're talking about medical marijuana and you look at the Medical Marijuana Commission, they're made up of not, not business folks. It's it's medical uh, individuals with a background in, uh, in health healthcare. And so I think that's where the governor said, look, if, if we're going to have it, then it, it needs to absolutely be focused on, on medicinal purposes. Um, but, but it's still not regulated for that. For what now? And it's still not regulated for farm, for farm, you know, like a pharmaceutical drug would be. It's it's compared to heroin. R- well, I, which and also, is crazy yeah. because so is an oxycontin, but you can get that if the doctor gives it to you. Yeah, and I think again, when the governor, you guys have to remember, but we, I think we held three news conferences uh, before that vote, basically talking about how we don't need this in the state. But again, it's a, it's you know, it's a democracy. People vote. That was an issue on the ballot, uh, and the federal government hasn't been clear. Uh, during the Obama administration and obviously with with the uh, direction from the attorney general today, uh, we kind of know the direction they're going. But again, there hasn't been a a surefire like this is what we're doing. This is the directive no. and this is the guidance and, and the, or this is the law, really. Um, so uh, I think that there's there's still until that happens at the federal level, I think you're going to see states continue to do this. But the governor has been very, very clear. Um, you know, that we didn't need medicinal marijuana. Voters spoke, but we definitely don't need recreational marijuana. And I think this is the. This is the right. This was the right step. It, it, but do you find it kind of interesting that Sessions came up with this when Trump has said it's up to the states? Right. Well, I think we you know, what that. was. Well, I was about to say, what have we been told about when Jeff Sessions we knew was he appointed? Was do that. We knew he was a uh, uh, was, was very much against uh, marijuana in all forms. And uh, um, but again, you know, I know that the governor is is has a tremendous amount of respect for you know the voters in Arkansas, and and he he spoke his piece on it. Uh, and when they voted, you know, we had to uh, move forward with it. But I'll, I'll say this, and we've said this before, when you're implementing something like this in a state, especially like Arkansas, you're essentially uh, essentially creating sort of a new FDA. Uh, it's a new agency. It's something brand new. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're having to regulate uh, through, you know, ABC and that sort of thing. Um, it, it's, it takes time, and you want to do it right. Uh, there's a lot of people clamoring that we got to get this done, we got to get this done, but the governor's like, we're going to do this right. If it's, if it's medicinal, it's for use for medicinal purposes, that's what this needs to be, and we're going to do it right. And that's the way it was uh, portrayed on the ballot, and that's the way it was in the campaign for those who um, uh, were for it. And so if that's, if that's what the voters voted on, that's what it needs to be focused on is the medicinal aspect of but it. So you got to do it right. Won't it still shut it down? Well, again, I think the Attorney General um, Jeff Sessions is the one that said that he's he hasn't leaving been it. clear. About he hasn't it been yet. clear. He's left. He's leaving it up to the prosecuting attorneys uh, in each county uh, for Which how they want to do. Which is silly, though. Again, that's why I think there needs to be more clarity right. from from the federal level. You want to know the only way you're right. going to get clarity well, is if Congress takes it up, right? Exactly, and mm-hmm. they pass. And a law that says, "Hey, we're going to we're going to do this differently." Right. That's right. So until that time, you know, that's that's about all. 
Don't hold, all the don't don't hold said, your yeah. breath that they're right. going to take on that tiger. Right. Right. I don't know, right. though, because there's a lot of tax dollars, and a lot of people are in business now, and a lot of people are making money in some of these states off of this, and that's a lot of tax see, revenue as well. It's important that you understand what you just said. Some states. Right. If there were more states, I mean, if this had been across 39 or 40 states, I think you got a slam dunk, but it's not that way yet, so you still got yeah. an uphill battle for it. Yeah, and I think obviously, I mean, a good argument is that you know this came on the heels of what California is yeah. doing, and and uh, and I think that that's, recreational. that's rampant. Yeah, re- rampant recreational. I, I don't know how much of it was specific, even though he did cite the medicinal marijuana as well. I don't know how much of it was was about that as it, as as much as it was about the recreational aspect of it. And I think when you saw California do that, I. Uh, again, the governor's comments today were, I'm surprised we haven't seen this sooner. I just think it wasn't necessarily if, it was when. And well, I think today we saw some of that guidance for the first time. When I talked to Governor Hutchinson when he was running for election, he and I talked about the, on my show, He talked. we talked about that the letter that he and the eight other DEA agents wrote to uh, Holder mm-hmm. and with no response to change the schedule for marijuana. So that well, it's not that, like that just makes sense. If we right. want to do this, then we need to do it right and do it countrywide in one fell swoop. But it's like the states are trying to force the federal government to do something. Well, of course and, they are. and they're not doing anything, though. That's the thing. I don't understand if you want to have the separation between the federal government and the state and let the states decide what they want to do. Why do you keep it a schedule just like heroin? Well, they got to do they got to take care of that, but they got a lot they got bigger fish to fry right now than to make sure that CNN reporters aren't doing something illegal. <laughs> <laughs> the rim shot. Where is that rim shot? <laughs> that should be up to the FCC. <laughs> I'm taking my shots today, I'm Russ. Just- <laughs> Taking my shots, brother. Oh, got no Russ's, yeah, there you go. I'll Did like you it. see that? Do you see that CNN reporter with the bong mask Dude, on? The bong mask. She's sitting there with a pink I joint I would never in her hand. do that, ever, in my life. Even if I... Got the giggles, probably got the munchies. If I did that, be fired immediately. Let me yeah. just say, I, it astounds me. Now, we live in a in a in in an environment... Where everybody has a phone, everybody's taking pictures. They see it I all mean, how you don't it. think to yourself that, hey, you she, know, there's she a was real on good the air with the bong mask. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That was it. Was that New Year's yeah. Uh, yeah. Eve? Yeah. I saw. Well, I was in listening California. to somebody on the radio joint and got another one back. No, yeah. she was in Colorado. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. That was it. Oh. Was uh, and I oh, that's my right because it wasn't legal in California. Don't even yet. hey, don't even get me started on the CNN uh, <laughs> New Year's Eve and Don Lemon. Well, it's just last year I was like, man, he must have. You know, I guess. Things got out of hand, and he got you know super drunk on air. And now this I year, I was like, "Is this just a thing?" Like now, they're just letting them just party it up on like, air. At you're New not Year's? supposed to do that. Very but interesting. But look, Very interesting. I, I'll give him credit. He didn't. He didn't rise, raise up a severed head of President Trump. That's true. That's true. Is that what we're? Is that what the? Uh, that's why Griffin that's the wasn't there. Now? Right. That's true. That's she wasn't there, man. Boy, I tell exactly you what. Right. Some of the standards. It's very, very strange. Yes, it is. <laughs> But uh, anyway, yeah, really, that was really weird. It's a train wreck on New Year's Eve watching CNN. Well, I didn't watch. Train, that's yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. You don't want to. You can't look time. away. You're just like, good grief. I, this yeah. is happening. All right, so let's so, talk. We got a few a few moments left. Let's talk about the primaries coming up. Jan Morgan made it official. She is going to run uh, against the governor uh, in the primary. Uh, I know that we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. That the governor has no problem with her her running. Uh, that uh, he believes primaries are there for that exact reason to give people a choice. What uh, 
what do you think? I mean, she's, she's already started on the second amendment with the governor. The governor did send a letter to the, uh, the state police. A lot of people have looked at that as him showing, well, yeah, Jan Morgan's going to run. So I'll, uh, I'm going to do a, a second amendment thing. Well, I'll tell you, I think the governor, first and foremost, has been a consistent conservative uh, through the well throughout his time uh, in the political realm here in Arkansas. He helped build the party over the last 40 years, ran against bumpers when it wasn't popular in 1986, uh, and has really uh, helped build the party here uh, in Arkansas to what we see now. I mean, we've cut more than $150 million in taxes. We're reforming Medicaid, and that's without those waivers from the federal government. We've found efficiencies upon efficiencies for the state. We have a hiring freeze. We've brought in, uh, you know, uh, more than 11,000 jobs through just AEDC. We have more than 60,000 individuals working for the first time in the state. In 2017 alone, we saw the lowest unemployment. We've seen the highest employment uh, on record, and the state reached 3 million population for the first time. So I think his record speaks for itself. As far as Second Amendment rights, uh, I think the governor has a stellar track record uh, of being an advocate for Second Amendment rights uh, through his time uh, in Congress, uh, through the NRA as being a spokesman after uh, Sandy Hook and uh, the School Shield Initiative that he spent a year on working through that document. And the concealed carry uh, aspect, the letter that he sent, I'll just be very clear the reason the governor sent that letter is he was saying, look, over the last three years, or 2013 when that law was passed, hoping that the courts would make a decision, there would be a test case. There wasn't, and he felt the need that there needed to be some guidance from the executive branch to the state police. So that's what we got, and I think the governor uh, is excited to share some of those ideas and successes for the last three years. All right, Jr. I'll see you next Thursday. Jr. Davis comes in every Thursday, 2 o'clock hour, to talk about uh, all the questions that I have. And then when I let Val talk, she gets asked a question once more. I didn't get to say anything. I know you didn't. I'm sorry. Next week. Next week, I promise. All right. JR, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for coming in. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit commonly referred to as aid and attendance. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year, and we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T, lawgroup.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. Defamation. That's the word that we're looking for. All right. Dave Ellswick show here at 96.5 FM. The answer, uh, state Senator Brian King is going to join us, uh, here during this, uh, half hour. We want to spend a little time talking with him. And, uh, if we can't get all this stuff answered, we'll go a full hour because you know, that when I have Brian King on, he never wants to talk about anything. I got to just pull things out of him to get him to say anything. Isn't that right, State Senator? Well, yes, but <laughs> unfortunately, when you have misleading and deceiving people down there in Little Rock, Dave, you know, it's just like uh, you just can't keep from saying something. I right. mean, it just—I I, just—I watched the governor's 
or I didn't catch the first part of it, but I watched it, and I was like, okay, you're misleading deceiving people again. Okay, you're talking okay. about the press conference that he had today. Yeah. Okay. I think you just had Jr. on a yeah. bit ago, I'm assuming. Yeah, I had, J- I had Jr. We talked a little bit about that. But what were you finding deceiving that he was saying? Because I may not have asked about the area that you want to talk about. Yeah, well, I mean, first off, he's talking about, uh, first off, let's go into the total flip-flops that the governor has made, okay? It's just a couple years ago. Here he is today bragging, bragging that taking people off Medicaid expansion was saving the state money. Two years ago, he said if we took anybody off, we were going to cause, you ever heard this figure, phrase, a hole in the budget. You know, we were going to cause this. Two years ago, he was saying to to pass his failed highway plan that he had to have Medicaid expansion to be able to the state budget to uh, do the highway, failed highway plan that he was trying to. So, I mean, they've talked a uh, from before. So do you remember that two years ago when he said, well, we've got to have Medicaid expansion because we have the savings from, from having these people on Obamacare that is going to allow us then to do this highway plan? I do, you know, be honest, I don't remember that. I don't, I don't well, say I'll that. I'll tweet you, know. you the, I've still got the things and I've okay. still got the, the articles where you tweet that, but that's what he says. But, you know, you can remember that to, he said, well, if we had to have these people on Medicaid expansion to be able to save state money, now he's saying we're taking people off Obamacare, and we're we're now saving money. So total flip flop on that. Uh, the second thing, what Governor Hutchison is misleading, deceiving people on is quiz here. Who is the all-time biggest record spender in Arkansas history as governor for any year? Can you name him? Uh, Mike Huckabee. No. No, no, by far, Asa Hutchinson. Asa Hutchinson is the biggest spender. So how can you tell people you go out and save people, save money, when you've been the record spender? Okay, let the me next, let me let me stop you real the quick. That you're doing is is far, far higher than any budget's ever done before. Okay, I- explain what exactly you're saying. Are you saying that his budgets have been the biggest of any governor in the state? That's right. He's been the biggest spender of state tax dollars and federal dollars of any governor in Arkansas history the last two years. Okay. I'll send you a tweet that will show the increases that he's had. Now, understand, you just mentioned Governor Mike Huckabee, okay? I disagreed with Governor Huckabee when he was in and, and on some things, but he had a far, far more tougher legislature to deal with in much different situation. Oh, I'm, I don't disagree with you on that at all. Yeah, I mean, when Governor Huckabee, let me say this about that. When Governor Huckabee left office, he left almost a billion-dollar surplus. Mm-hmm. Dave, at that time, we spent, I was there, we spent a billion dollars less that produced a billion dollars more surplus. Governor Hutchison is receiving almost a billion dollars more, but he has no surplus. So how can you save money when you're the all-time record spender? I mean, it just is a total contradiction in how he uses the bad lawyer in him and the bad politician. And this is why things just get worse. They go out there and say, well, there's less people on Medicaid. What about the total dollars that you're spending, Governor Hutchison? 
okay? And in many of these people, Dave, are just going to cycle back on the program. I mean, that's what is happening when they do this. And we're going to have some more things down there in the fiscal session, and I'll be down there a little bit more, that will point out what's going on. But this thing of him bragging, and let me let me get to another total flip-flop that flies into place. He was sitting there saying today that, oh, well, he was bragging about saving federal dollars and estimated. Well, Dave, that's like every holiday season I could say I gained 10 pounds. Well, let's say next uh, holiday season I'm going to estimate that I'm going to gain 20 pounds. And then when I gain 10, I'm going to tell you, that I saved, I lost 10 pounds. That's what's happened when they come up with these estimated. Estimated and actual are two different things. You can't, Dave, if you go into the bank and you say you want to buy a house for a property or investment, and the price was $100,000, and you settle on $90,000, and you still have $90,000 of commitment deals, but you didn't give the purchase price of 100000 do you now have $10,000 in a savings account somewhere? Well, I, I, no, I agree they play semantics. They do that oh, all the time. It's just total misleading. So but uh, so what they're doing is, and then the other thing is, too, this total flip-flop for Medicaid prone. I know you were against Obama spending, Obamacare. We've been there. We all got criticized. We all got maligned, everything, falsely. Mm, yeah. Remember whenever these guys said, Jonathan Disming, Charlie Collins, David Sanders, who now has a $900,000-a-year job, thanks to the governor, uh, and taxpayers, amongst uh, others. Remember when they were saying, well, the, the Obamacare is taking all these tax dollars out of our state. We've got to pass Medicaid expansion to get those tax dollars back. Yep. Well, what Governor Hutchison said today totally flew in the face of that. I mean, he, he just said, well, we're saving the federal government money. Well, wait a minute. I thought these, I thought these big, bad Obamacare taxes were taking money away, and we had to expand... Obamacare to get try and get that money back. So there's again, there's another contradiction of what is actually been said, and they don't want to be held accountable for. I mean, Dave, like I said, it, this is just getting where it's not even close to the truth. It's just flat out misleading and deceiving people. Well, that's been that's been going on for quite some time. It went well, that sure it that is. went on when they were telling us that if we did it the the Republican way. Uh, that uh, somehow that was going to be different than the Obama way when everybody mm-hmm. should have been able to add one and one together. If if the uh, Democrats with Obama had put together the program, uh, they weren't going to let the Republicans change anything about the program. Uh, in the end, they had the final say on how the program runs. That's right. They said, you know, this was going to be the Arkansas plan and everything. And then Governor Hutchison goes out here. I mean, this guy, he sits there and says and passes this plan. We're, what, seven, eight, nine months later, and it's still not implemented. Not not one hint of it is being implemented yet. I mean, uh, this is just, I, I'm telling you, it's just continually to mislead and deceive people about what's going on down there. It's very frustrating, I mean, to see how these people... Just get on there, and they just want to tell you a little bit, and only focus on that little bit, but they don't want to tell you what the whole story is. Governor Hutchison sit there two years ago. I sit there and said in joint budget, was quoted in newspapers, I said, you're spending too much money. You're making too many commitments out there. Our budget will not be able to catch up. 
And guess what? We didn't have a surplus this next last year. Now, what is conservative, Dave, about spending every dollar that comes in? Yeah, conser- no, in, in conservative world, is smaller government, is right? Spend deals and get a surplus, and then you do something. That's what you do out here in the real world. But these guys just, just lie. They just flat-out lie. Hey, let me ask you about the, uh, the, ta- the tax task force. Does yeah, it bother you that as you listen to these guys talk, like Hendren and others, that they just keep talking about, well, we need to close up this loophole and that loophole and some other loophole supposedly that's there so that we can get more revenue. And yeah, they, they always use they, the word revenue for our tax money. Yes, it's much better. Yeah, and that's that's what it is. Do we need to look at closing exemptions, loopholes, see what the benefits? Absolutely, no question about it. We've always needed to do that. But the thing about it is that why are these guys so furious and so passionate about doing it now, it's because their bad budgeting and misspending has put us in trouble that they've got to do this. Dave, I keep talking about Little Rock, crime, bad, horrible crime problem. The governor sits there and talks tough on crime, but in reality, he just lies to people. He's really soft on crime because he's letting so many prisoners out earlier quarter, the highest percentage, which goes back to Pulaski County. You have a prison corrections director that has been quoted in the newspaper, she's having trouble making commitments out there. But yet, this governor, who somehow is trying to mislead people and say that they're spending less than what they had estimated, I mean, that is just, I mean, you talk about just pulling numbers out of the air and trying to do, I mean, it is, I just, it is just flat out lying to people to sit there and try and act like he's this big conservative governor and he's saving people money. No, Asa Hutchison is the all-time record spender, period. There's no other Arkansas governor in a year's period, and he's two years running, that has spent more money than Asa Hutchison. All right, so let me ask you, Brian. You, I mean, how long have you been now in, in the legislature? I'm going on 12 years now. Okay, 12 years. Are you stunned by the thought process of Republicans? Hendren is quoted in this article from today talking about the, the, the tax task force, acknowledging that some lawmakers believe the legislature should consider repealing the reduced sales tax rate on groceries. Now, he's skeptical, skeptical that there uh, is enough support on the 16-member task force to make that recommendation, but somebody made the statement that the sales tax exemption for food could be eliminated and a deduction or refundable credit could be added to the lower levels of income tax to offset the regressively uh, uh, regressivity effect for this. Now, that's according to the report. When did Republicans start thinking like this? Or have they all, well, have, is there a group that's always been thinking like this? Yeah, I think when you look at taxation and everything, who should get a tax break? First off, I'm going to say it's the people actually paying taxes. I'm with you. Okay, so that's first. When you look at sales taxes in the argument that sometimes even on groceries, when you talk about basic forms of government that, that need to be, that are necessities that we are supposed to provide, like fighting crime that Asa Hutchison and Jim Hendren are total failures at, Jeremy Hutchison, worst ever judiciary chairman in Arkansas history, 
because of the failure that we see in the crime and everything going on. But so you look at sales taxes, there's a one percent, you know, one dollar out of every hundred dollars spent on groceries, uh that everybody pays it, everybody pays the same percentage and what needs to happen that they're not talking about is that you need to come up with taxes and then you need to know where that money goes. Once it goes into this big black hole, okay, what they want to do is eliminate these exemptions and then they'll probably take part of it, you know, they'll take hundred and fifty million away in exemptions. They'll turn around and give seventy five million in tax uh cuts or something somewhere and they'll go around and just talk about the seventy five million and say they cut seventy five million in taxes rather than what they raised. And so you get into this convoluted argument, I want to know, what is the tax? What is the exemption? Who does it benefit? What does it do? Where does the money go? And then you can start managing things. What has happened down there with Jonathan Dismaying and uh, Jim Hendren and Asa Hutchison and all these chess beaters and misleaders and deceivers is that they want to put your money in a black hole, and then that way when they mess it up, you don't know what happened. I mean... And just like today's press conference, I keep saying the same thing over and over again. The all-time biggest spender in Arkansas history is Asa Hutchison, and yet he's trying to tell you today he is saving you money. They're using this word savings, which is a good term in your life. It's a good term in the real world. And these politicians use a good word to somehow mislead you into trying to cover for what they're doing. But, you know, the sales tax on groceries... One of it is everybody pays it. One of the other thing is I'm a border county up here, Dave. We have people from Missouri come down here and shop at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. So we give them a tax break. I mean, uh, but so, I mean, there is all these questions that need to be answered and everything, but the main point is how who is spending your money, how is it being spent, and when it comes down to Medicaid down there, you see all this corruption stuff, you see everything, Dave, that I've been speaking out against for years. And everything and everything's been getting shot down. I'm going to tell you right now, Dave. The biggest thing that they're trying to cover up, they don't want to talk about, but they're forced to now. With unfortunately, what's coming up is these Medicaid entities have been backing the Brinks truck up down there at uh, DHS and hauling off with your money. But yet today, and then they brag about catching them, you know, catching up with things two years later. I, I just, it just, once again, it's just told. This is exactly why we have Trump. Because people are tired of politicians giving these these song and dance things and these misleading things like this, what Asa Hutchison just did today, and then all of a sudden things get worse two years later. And guess what? Now, that's what I was telling you about Medicaid expansion. Look at all the promises and everything that was going to happen. And two years later, things get worse. They're telling you that they're doing, still doing great things. All right, Brian, I've got to take a yep. break. You you just okay. stay with us. Uh, State right. Senator Brian King is our guest here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about uh, Aero Plumbing. Aero Plumbing wants you to know that they, they have the professionalism with uh, their organization. They have the men who have the know-how in their plumbers, and they have the technology that's necessary to be able to do the work they need to do on your plumbing at your home or at your business uh, with the most uh, with the less intrusion possible. For instance, they can, uh, you know, burrow under your parking lot for your business. If you got a, uh, a leak out under the parking lot, burrow under it, uh, and uh, be able to fix it without having to get a backhoe in there and start digging and which causes, you know, your customer base to have problems or 
your wife to get mad at you for getting something fixed and they dig up her flower garden or whatever. You don't want that to happen. Well, Aero Plumbing does everything in their power with the technology that they have to keep that from happening. Uh, if you live in some of the areas where uh, the homes are older, uh, they've got some of those iron pipes and things of that nature, and they're starting to crack and wear out, they can re-sleeve those pipes and save you a massive amount of money. But all you have to do is get a hold of them. Just go to the Internet and Google Aero Plumbing or go to aeroplumbing.net. All right, we want to finish up with State Senator Brian King. And, Brian, before the uh, uh, the fiscal session starts, uh, how about coming into the studio and spending an hour with us? Can you do that? Yeah, I'm going to try to, you know, we got the farm going up here and cold weather and things getting froze up i'd like to maybe shoot for monday afternoon i'm hoping to come down monday and then be there for the governor and his conservative tool that he's going to now expose to everybody on how now he's going to be conservative with the budget i don't you know okay so you're talking about they're going to release the budget when tuesday isn't it yeah tuesday and i mean if i can be down there i will but i mean it's it's not going to matter if i don't because like i said most of the the legislators down there and just rubber stamp everything so okay all right uh why don't you mark two o'clock monday for my my studio well it'd have to be later than that dave like we have a one thirty state agencies meeting so do you have another time after that tell them they can sit in the studio and do it <laughs> <laughs> i'll try to make i'll try to make two if you got anything later than that that'd be better but I'll yeah you know it, i could do it uh I can rearrange some things. Why don't we? Okay. What, well, let's you, just shoot for two then. Okay, we'll two o'clock. That'll work. That that would be the best because I'll have you on, then Terry Yamauchi, and then I'm going to have a conduit for action on at four, and then five o'clock is Robert Steinbach. So uh, that'll be a great show. Nobody wants to miss that one. I'm just telling you. Everybody will want to be, and you're going to send me that information that we've been talking about, right? Yeah, I'll tweet you some of the things that I've said, you know, like a couple of years ago where the governor was saying he had to have people on Medicaid expansion to be implementing his now-failed highway plan. Uh, so it's just a total flip-flop. Is there anything we need to watch for, Brian, uh, during the special session, the fiscal session that's coming up here uh, starting in February? Yeah, I mean, they're going to kind of come up with something I don't know. And it may actually, I'll wait and see what, what he comes up with. But the thing about it is, Dave, is RSA is the most important bill. Many, so many people make big deals about the appropriation bills, and that can be important. But it used to be important on the 75 vote threshold until Asa Hutchison line item vetoed scheme around the Arkansas Constitution in 2016 fiscal session. To get the big record Medicaid spending, that he now has set records for. But the big thing is, in the end, is what is RSA and what is the target, okay? Let me explain. Our, this. Okay, be, I'm, I'm running, I'm running out of time. Hey, Brian, we're running out of time. Do me a okay, favor. Okay, we'll get on it Monday. Let's then. do it on Monday okay. at 2 o'clock, all right? All right, and I'll have some more other stuff, too, that it's going to pop your eyes open, Dave. All Be right, ready. appreciate <laughs> you. Thanks so much. We'll talk See to you later, later Brian. Brian, uh, Brian. King here on the Dave Ellswick show, friend of the show. And, uh, we, we were getting close to Fox news, had to let him go, but he'll be with us on, uh, Monday at, uh, 2 PM. All right. We continue here on the Dave Ellswick show, uh, about the three thirty segment here. 
and uh, got some sound that I wanted to play today and, uh, and talk about some stories that are out there that uh, the media has been reporting on and, and kind of give you the long and skinny of some stuff. Don't forget about Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. All you have to do is call the number 982-7451-982-7451. Let's face it, why put a brand new transmission in your car when you can call Sonny's and talk to them about one of their well-maintained total loss vehicles and uh, pick up a transmission uh, basically for a song compared to a new one? or rebuilt one and have it installed by Sonny's, get the warranty behind it, get the unlimited mileage uh, that comes with it and uh, have your car run like a top. I mean, I've, I'm closing in on 300,000 miles on my car. And uh, the bottom line is, is that, uh, you know, I don't want to put new brand brand new parts on it unless I have to. And especially the big parts. I mean, you know, engines and, and transmissions and transaxles and things of that nature, I can get all of that at Sunny's Auto Salvage uh, at a much more reasonable cost, get a three-year parts and labor uh, warranty on it with unlimited miles. And uh, that just makes sense to me. So just give them a call. Talk to the the, the professionals at Sunny's and let them help you. RD runs a a tight ship there. Uh, If he doesn't have the part right there at his salvage yard, He's hooked up to thousands of salvage yards all over the United States and even into Canada, and he can find the part you need for your automobile, your pickup, or your truck. 982-7451. 982-7451. And don't forget, they can install it for you as well. All right, so Val, Rand Paul had some very interesting things to say. Uh, yesterday I had seen him uh, by the way he's changed his look have you seen Rand lately uh-huh, I haven't. yeah he's gotten uh gotten himself uh you move your mic up Pull yep up there. sorry right. so the bottom line is is that he's looking he's he doesn't have that really curly hair look anymore did he straighten it I don't know <laughs> I don't know what he, and he's he, but I know this much he's put highlights in it he looks a lot better I'm gonna be honest you know, maybe he, he he's did going it after... through a midlife crisis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. He's yeah. hiding from his neighbor. <laughs> I bet, yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. He probably had to do that to to cover up the injuries inflicted by his neighbor. I don't know. That story's kind of gone away. I'd like yeah. to know what's going on with that. It's probably working its way through the courts with the lawyers. That's probably what I'm that, sure. that's happening. Anyway, you know that uh, President Trump has said that he's looking. Uh, at cutting aid to uh, Pakistan. Now, that, see, they say that that, that way on the Pakistani the, the, the talking uh, programs, like on CNN. Pakistan. They Pakistan. Don't, no, it's not Pakistan. It's Pakistan. So anyway, he's saying he's going to cut back uh, U.S. aid, and I think this is a great weapon that we have uh, for diplomacy. When you're trying to work with another country, and they say they're going to do things with you, and then they don't do it. In fact, they do just the opposite. Cut all that money that's going in because you know what? That money's not going to the people. It's staying with the despots that's at the top mm-hmm. of the food chain. Yeah, who do you think's using it? You not know, the they're the ones that are keeping it. And I'll tell you what. $1 billion a year. To Pakistan? Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. 
Remember when I blew your mind and I told you how much money we gave to the U.N. every year? Yeah. Yeah. Well, billions upon billions of dollars, and the, and they stab us in the back all the time. I say we just pull our money out and say, okay, you guys keep it running. Well, and here's the thing. So, like, there's a, I don't know if you heard about this, the Blue Water Navy bill that was in Congress. So they're they're not arguing that we owe it to the veterans. They're arguing that we don't have the money to pay it. So that's why they haven't passed this bill. So how about we take the money for that from the from Pakistan and give it to our dang veterans? Not a bad idea. I mean, or some of these other countries that just want to kill us and chop our heads off. Yeah. Why are we giving them foreign aid when we have veterans over here that are suffering from like Agent Orange and all these other things that we just don't want to pass bills because we don't have the appropriate appropriate yeah. funds to the give whole, it to them? The whole Agent Orange thing is the only reason they started treating veterans with that is they waited until enough of them were dead. Right. That's that what they're was, doing with the blue water. It was cost effective for them. Basically. That's what they're doing with the blue water thing, too, it seems. All right. So anyway, Rand Paul said he's all with the president about cutting aid to the Palestinian Authority. Now, let's look, let's look elsewhere around. The president also said, I'm looking at the Palestinian Authority. They don't want to sit down and talk with us. We're giving them money. I'm going to revisit that. Among the people that don't want the president to sit, sit back for now are the Israelis. They say, listen, we don't want uh, unrest in Gaza. We don't want mass, uh, you know, a humanitarian <laughs> crisis in that area. What's your reaction? Well, you know, I introduced a bill about a year ago to cut off the Palestinian Authority's aid. And here's the interesting thing. Israel does complain because we're paying for it. Let Israel pay for it. If Israel thinks the Palestinian Authority ought to get money, let's see if they can pass that through the Knesset. So we, we end up giving all the money to the Palestinian Authority. and They preach hatred of Israel. And then Israel says, oh, we need to keep giving money to the Palestinian Authority. No, I'd cut it all off. We don't have any money. We're $700 billion in the hole. Why are we giving? the money to the Palestinian Authority. If Israel wants to cooperate with the Palestinian Authority and thinks that they should get money, they should vote for it. You know, the average uh, living standard for the average Israeli is greater than the average American. They've got money. They should pay the Palestinian Authority, but I wouldn't give Palestinian Authority any money. Senator, I know you've kind of tied with the president. Are you guys on the same page as this? You just happen to agree on this from afar. Have you been speaking to him? You know, I talked to him this week about the Palestinian thing, and I've also been in favor of building infrastructure and a real rub of how we build infrastructure. He's wanted to do a trillion dollars worth of infrastructure is where do you get the money? You know, we're already $700 billion in the hole. Foreign aid and aid to Pakistan won't pay for all of it, but the last 15 years you mentioned, we've spent over $30 billion in Pakistan. That's quite a few bridges. We have a bridge between Kentucky right. and Ohio that we've wanted would cost about a half a billion. All right. That We could have easily built that with some of that money we sent to Pakistan. Oh, that's just common sense, isn't it? Well, it's common sense not to be borrowing money while you're giving giving money to other countries. I, mean, I, we, I don't know if it's still 46 cents on every dollar. That we're borrowing from China. Uh, yeah, from, well, and, and there's other countries involved yeah, as China. well, but <laughs> mostly China. But uh, it, it's kind of interesting. I'd like to know, or we bar we don't borrow it. We just uh, run up the debt and we buy the debt or print ourselves. Money. We print. We we buy. We don't print money anymore. Oh, you right. Just put digits in right, the computer. Right, digits in the computer. You're right. You know, you know binary code. X's and O's, <laughs> buddy. That's all it is. Uh, because our dollar is backed by nothing now. It hasn't been since Nixon. You know, he sold that big lie back in when he was president. He took it off the gold standard. Well, you know, China is, is pushing to make their one of their, was it the yuan? Yeah, they want to make the, that. The world a, currency. A currency for uh, oil. Yeah, and they're working on it, too, because, I mean, look at all the money that we owe them 
because we're borrowing money from them and other countries, but mostly China. And then we go and give our money that we're borrowing to other countries that want to kill us. Yeah. Speaking of that. Doesn't make any sense. Speaking of that, Rand Paul talked about that, about countries that burn the American flag and whatever. Trump making his message to Pakistan clear. This week tweeting this. The United States has foolishly given Pakistan more than $33 billion in aid in 15 years. And they have given us nothing but lies and deceit, thinking our leaders are fools. They give safe haven to the terrorists. We hunt in Afghanistan with little help. No more, exclamation point, close quote. Our next guest applauds this move in this tweet, saying the U.S. should not be sending money to countries that burn our flag. GOP Senator Rand Paul joins us. Uh, he's on the Foreign Relations Committee. And, Senator, you may know that they stopped. They're not going to be spending sending it over $100 million to Pakistan. That's already been decided. Pakistan says they're confused by this message. Are you confused? No, I've been advocating for this for years. I would take the money that we send to a lot of countries that aren't necessarily our friends, like Pakistan. I would redirect that money into building roads and bridges here. In fact, I have a bill that I will introduce next week that will take the about $2 billion we spend in Pakistan. Let's spend it in the United States. This is something that I've agreed with President Trump on for several years now. Let's spend some of that money here at home. Let's don't give it to people who hate us and burn our flag and chant death to America. There are rumors that uh, the Pakistani intelligence actually cooperate with a Khani network that kills our soldiers. So I think it's a real disservice. I know a lot of these young men and women. Some of them are in my family. I think it's a real disservice to them to give money to a government that may be cooperating with people who are killing our soldiers. So no, uh, Pakistan at best is a frenemy, but uh, they have not been behaving. Look, bin Laden lived in their country for a decade. They did nothing about it. They have Christians they've incarcerated. The doctor that helped us get information to get bin Laden when we finally captured him. He's in jail for 33 years from the Pakistani government. So, no, they're not really our friend. All right. So there you got The whole thing about Pakistan is coming to a head, and I think there's a whole lot of other uh, countries. And on top of that, the U.N. itself. I mean, uh, you know, after they took that vote a couple of weeks ago because we said that Jerusalem was going to be the capital and we're going to put our embassy in the in the capital for Israel, uh, in in Jerusalem, and they took the big vote with the membership, mm-hmm. and basically they they thumbed their noses at us and whatever. Well, I think we should just thumb our noses right back at them. I think it's common and, sense. Uh, just cut the money off to the to the UN. If we cut the money, the money that we give to them, uh, they would not be able to 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 even continue. They they would they would implode. I just can't understand why why we go into these other countries and help them build their infrastructure and help them pay for their debt and all and help them get weapons while over here we're cutting our own. It doesn't make any sense. This is taxpayer dollars. Well, each year the United States gives approximately $8 billion in mandatory payments and voluntary contributions to the UN and its affiliated organizations. The biggest portion of that money, about $3 billion of it per year, goes to the U.N.'s regular and peacekeeping budgets. And I, I just say, forget it, man. You're not keeping peace. Do it, do it, do it on your own. Or, or give them the $3 billion for the for the peacekeeping forces and keep $5 billion and use it for uh, building infrastructure in the United States. Right. I don't have any problem with that. I just don't understand. I'm just so sick of Americans paying for people's 
things in other countries that want to without. kill us, and we go without. Yeah. Right? We've got we've got homeless people here, which anyway, but you know that's neither here nor there. Right? But to, we've got keep we've got our kids airports, yeah, twenty first century to keep our roads uh, that we've built, keep them up. The bridges keep them up. That money should be uh, allocated to those issues uh, now instead of others. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Schools, education. I mean, we're sitting here fighting over stupid stuff in the Senate and Congress, but yet we're giving all the way this, this money that would solve a lot of the problems that we already have here. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't disagree with that at all. I just under. I don't understand the stupid. How did we get so stupid? Well, there's those who say that uh, we have to do that to keep to peace keep in pe- the world blah, 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 blah. and to keep uh, be able to keep ourselves uh, as the, the world leader that we are. But we there... can talk that, about that later as, as well. But when we come back, shall we talk about Bannon a little bit? Sure. This is a man who's, who's believed his press too much, I believe. <laughs> and uh, we can talk about that. In fact, I've got a quote from Newt Gingrich that you have got to hear which is coming up next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're down to uh, about eight minutes left here in this hour. Next hour, we'll take on uh, various topics. i got a lot of different news items I'd like to talk about. Uh, we'll spend some time talking about Jeff Sessions in the next uh, half hour or next hour because we, we mentioned that uh, in the last uh, part of the, uh, the show that we did with JR and this whole move about getting rid of... Uh, that whole Obama way of looking at marijuana and how will that affect uh, medicinal marijuana here in, in the state and things of that nature. So uh, Val and I will discuss that other others. I have uh, Chicago has put new body cams on uh, their police officers. Only problem is, is that a judge has now ruled that those body cams violate the rights of the police. How? Well, I'll tell you about it when we we take it up. The Trump administration today proposed massive increases in offshore drilling. A lot of it happening offshore in California. They're going to really love that. And then the food the food stamp enrollment has dropped off by more than a mil, uh, two million in the last year. We'll talk about that uh, as well. In fact, next Thursday, Jr. is going to talk about that because I asked him. Uh, about it and about he, he told me he'd he'd get the numbers and and bring them here uh for the show but here in this last few moments we talked a little bit about this yesterday and this is that that whole bannon story that's going on this book that's coming out that's uh got everybody upset at the white house and whatever let me just say there's been books like this on every administration that has ever been mm-hmm. i mean they have all had these kind of books written i typically don't give them the time of day, but Bannon made some really kind of crazy statements to this guy when he came in and talked to him. Now, Bannon's saying they've been taken out of context, but I don't know how you take out a context saying somebody has been treasonous and that they're going to break uh, Donald Jr. Uh, like an egg live <laughs> on national television. Or that Ivanka's dumb as a brick. Yeah, I mean, just really crazy <laughs> stuff. But Newt Gingrich talked a little bit about it. A lot of people are making statements about this. And uh, here's exactly what Newt had to say about uh, about uh, Bannon. Bannon has 
an exaggerated sense of self-importance and the news media of course builds it up because it's exactly in the age of the Kardashians the kind of nonsense that they love to fill time and space with so they can run around and think about that as opposed to the largest tax cut in history or the most deregulation in history or the best economic growth in more than 10 years all right i mean that's that's pretty clear that's pretty clear i mean uh, he's talking about how you, you look at what trump has been doing and you can't argue with his success you just cannot argue with the success and this has nothing to do with the collusion or anything all that bannon said was that uh, donald jr met with this uh, the russian lawyer or whatever and that uh, he sh- if, if he had been him he would have called uh, somebody at uh, DOJ immediately. But uh, people dig up dirt on other candidates left and right. Yeah, that's after the fact. That's after he knew that you can't do that. You know, I mean, seriously. I mean, I would have, I wouldn't have known that that was something that you couldn't do. I just think it's, uh, I just think it's interesting that uh, that he made some of those statements that he's made, and I agree. You know that he has hinted that he wants to run for president in 2020 oh my he's jaded you know i mean and he was he named you know several uh big big donors uh that uh he he had behind him that would uh fund and this his words not mine they would fund anything that uh, he wanted to do i would not vote for bannon i mean just think about that though that that that's the perfect, you know, inf- the, the perfect example of somebody who is trying to diminish someone's ha- ha- integrity and yeah, reputation. Has, well, they have visions of grandeur, right, for themselves. You know, that's that's what they've got. I mean, narcissist. I mean, it, <laughs> you, you look at Rebecca Mercer. She now has uh, pulled her support of Bannon. She's a, a billionaire. And a person close to Mercer told the Washington Post that she no longer supports Bannon. According to the report, Mercer was frustrated with Bannon's strategy in the Alabama Senate special election, pulled her funding after he told other major conservative donors that Mercer would back Bannon for his own presidential bid. <laughs> nice. I, mean, you know, I guess this, not. Some of this coming out is, is, is kind of crazy. Uh also, Rush Limbaugh unloaded on Bannon today. Did you hear about no, this? No, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, he, he unloaded on it. Uh, this is a story from The Hill. said that uh, Rush said today that he believes Stephen Bannon was responsible for the majority of the first-year leaks coming out of the Trump administration. Hmm. The, th- the thing that I think everybody believes and that everybody knows is that most of the leaking that was coming out of the Trump White House was Steve Bannon. His comments, uh, Trump or uh, Limbaugh's, come amid an anticipating feud between Trump and Bannon, his former chief strategist, after excerpts were published from a new book. Limbaugh said on his first broadcast of the new year that he had never heard of Bannon before the Breitbart News chief joined the Trump campaign and described him as, quote, all over the place with conflicting comments on the, uh, the Trump administration. Bannon's all over the place. You go back to a 60 minutes interview where he's praising Trump to the hilt. And he was saying that the Russian investigation was bogus and there was nothing to it. And now in this book, he's quoted saying that 
Trump and Donald Trump Jr. were committing treason by dealing with the Russians. I never understood half of the president's staffing. I never understood how he knew these people and ended up choosing them. Limbaugh, uh, Limbaugh added he thought Trump was pressured to tap Bannon for chief strategist by donations from the pro-Trump Mercer family who own a stake in Breitbart. Uh, this, the Mercers gave Trump $5 million. The Mercers wanted Bannon inside Trump. Trump said, okay, fine, make him a strategist. I don't know if Trump ever even met Bannon before this this campaign uh, began. So a lot of a uh, lot of things going on out there, but let me just say, this means nothing. That's what that's what is. It's the all a bunch thing. of hoopla. Yeah, it's it's all smoke and mirrors yeah. to take your eye off of the important the stuff that's going on. And we'll talk about some of that big stuff that's going on. I'm going to tell you about the Trump administration proposing massive increases in offshore drilling. We're going to talk about what's going on with uh, the Justice Department and marijuana. We're going to talk about food stamp enrollment dropping off by more than 2 million. And uh, then if we can get it in, I'll talk about Chicago and the new body cams infringing on police officers' rights. That's all coming up on the Dave Ellswick Show. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit, commonly referred to as aid and attendant. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year, and we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefit you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T, lawgroup.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. Back with you. That's the hardest diet to go on. I'm telling you, that's what I you found on sick. Facebook. That's a, that's a fast diet. It was it was pretty bad. When you get sick, yeah. I mean, if the food don't stay with you, you're going to lose weight. And my little men took care of me, my, my, my young adults. Well, just to say, you know, Val has come back, and, and she's been building back her career here in Little Rock. And, and thank you, Dave. She, I want to thank she you. She actually has uh, gotten herself an apartment again. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm so, so excited. So you're, you're not down here I'm on running Markham. away from home. You're not on Markham? Don't tell people where. I can say, how long is Markham? I know, but... They, but All right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. No, I'm running away from home. I'm giving the kids the house, and I'm um, just gonna get your own place yeah i mean they have the band they have a dog i mean pfft. yeah I, I i got nothing anymore i already gave them everything so i'm like yeah. if i die tomorrow you don't have to like take my stuff and separate it you already have it all you get all my <laughs> furniture and everything right i'm don't doing everything new you have everything are you gonna buy all new furniture yeah and i'm doing everything new so when are you going to ashley's i'll come with you uh <laughs> are you saying you need new furniture too? no i don't need new furniture <laughs> No, I'm just going to I'm just going to piece it. I like to I don't like to do it all at once. Okay. I like to do it piece by piece and slowly build you start it. Start with a mattress throw when it on the floor. When you find something. No, I have that. I have oh. a bed. Okay. Well, I thought you left it back at the no. the house. No. Oh, no. Okay. I'll take that with me. <laughs> and my car. 
and my yeah. gun. How's your car doing? RG did a good job. Oh, he got well. The truck. That's that's the SUV. That's it's fine. It's doing good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I we talk. I talk about Sundays all the time and how good the mm-hmm. work they they do over there. So I just thought I would throw that in as mm-hmm. an extra for RD. Yeah, I, you owe no. me RD. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I saw him uh, on New Year's. Well, yeah, he was at Jan Morgan's yeah. event. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wasn't there. I was I was with my daughter. Yeah. You know, we had some fun on on New Year's Eve. Did you go out? And no, I stayed at home. Stay I had home? I had grandkids over oh, yeah, there yeah, yeah, and yeah. all that. I man, you would have loved it. I had a big had two big pots of chili. Had everyone made chili. I had nearly <laughs> I had 380 peel and eat shrimp. <laughs> and we ate them all. Oh, I bet. We That's ate them all. That's good for you all. though. Yeah, it was good. Brain food and good it's for diet. Good stuff. I ate that. Look, and then I did have a slow cooker full of Velveeta and uh, oh Rotel and Rotel. Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> with some, I like hamburger meat. In with mine. some hamburger yes, meat. In it. Yes, yes, that's the best. Ready to that go. That is the best. And you know what? So on New Year's Eve, I went to the Jan. I went to Jan Morgan's party. I thought you said. I thought first you said you went to the gym. No. And I'm going. Gosh, no. No. Val <laughs> Emmons went to the hey, gym. I have a gym membership. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> That'll take some weight immediately off of you. I'm, I'm just, I don't want to be like, that. I don't want to be that person that goes in there like on the 2nd of January, you know? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, but no, I went and I had, and they had amazing food there at that uh, five-star theater in, in Hot Springs. Yeah, they do a good job. It was pretty awesome. And then I had a brisket for dessert. <laughs> a brisket for dessert. Well, that's good. You Are you on the uh, high-protein diet? No, now? I just like brisket. <laughs> my favorite that and the ribeye brisket is good well if you like that you need uh need to be eating yourself some lewis family beef that's what oh i know i do that's that's really good food that fresh absolutely good food fresh 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 it is fresh and it's clean all right so i know where you're going to come down on this story but let me read it first before you jump in okay (laughs) all right all right the justice department uh sent uh, a shiver of uncertainty through the now thriving legal marijuana industry. Uh, This happens today, by the way, by rescinding, that means getting rid of the Obama administration policies, not to interfere with state laws, allowing people to use pot for medical and recreational uses. Attorney general, Jeff Sessions characterized the dramatic policy shift as a quote, return to the rule of law in a memo outlining the change by federal officials, could not answer whether people selling or using marijuana in certain states where it's considered legal would now be more at risk of prosecution. Senior justice officials said the previous administration's position, mainly drafted by former Deputy Attorney General James Cole, had provided a, quote, de facto safe haven, unquote, for a now thriving weed industry. Quote, this session's memo has no de facto safe haven in it unquote, said the officials who briefed reporters under condition that nobody would tell anybody who they were because the memo had not yet circulated to U.S. attorneys across the country. Sessions has long signaled his disagreement with the previous administration's stance on pot, but the spare one-page document did not contain any new specific guidelines for how the policy change would be enforced. It only indicated that marijuana guidance issued by the previous administration, which did not challenge state laws as long as marijuana sales did not conflict with federal law enforcement policies, was unnecessary. 
This memorandum is intended solely as a guide to the exercise of investigative and uh, prosecution discretion, said Sessions. The Obama policy, which represented a major breakthrough by advocates of the decriminalization of marijuana use, did not change marijuana's federal classification as an illegal drug, but it effectively discouraged the pursuit of nonviolent marijuana users who have no links to criminal gangs or cartel operations. The move sowed new unpredictability into an industry now that has flourished largely because federal prosecutors have maintained their hands-off approach. The lack of detail in the administration's new policy seemed to be aimed at putting the entire industry on notice that federal authorities would not be constrained by the Obama-era guidance. Sessions' decision should be a warning sign to institutional investors, said Kevin Sabat. Uh, Sabat went on. Uh, who He's the director of the anti-legalization group Smart Approaches to Marijuana. He's a former federal drug control expert who served with Clinton, Bush, and the Obama administration. Quote, it signals the end of safe harbor for major pot investors, This throws up everything in the air. One thought they knew about the federal government's position on marijuana, which up to this point has more of a see no evil, hear no evil policy. Now, this is something I've talked about for a long time, that if a president comes in, a president comes into office and then through executive order or through using one of the departments that uh, serve under him, uh, makes kind of a de facto move that changes the way something is done. And in this case, it was dealing with medicinal and uh, it wasn't so much recreational. It was really medicinal under Obama because that was the big thing that came up and uh, they didn't get in the way of it. And then, as I've always said, if you push him for medicinal, sooner or later, you're going to fo- you're going to push for recreational. I think that had happened here in, in Arkansas as well. But the, the bottom line is, after that president leaves, the next president can change all the rules again because the, the Congress makes the laws of the nation, and the Congress never got involved in this no. because they don't want to get in. I'm surprised they don't have the marijuana department or something who passes all the the information down so they don't have to vote on anything. You know I mean, saying? look at all the jobs that have been created, though, Dave. Here's the thing. The rule needed to be changed on the schedule. It's outdated. Again, that's that's up to Congress. Right. No, well, it's with the D, unless Congress, if Congress does nothing because they didn't do anything either. And I just think that it's it's crazy because we have so many people in prison for marijuana we have people taken away from their families because of it. This has created jobs. Um, how many people die from DUIs versus people driving high? Because I know in Colorado, if you drive while you're high, you lose your ability to buy pot. I mean, that's a lo- that's 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 not even the case with uh, a DUI. I mean, you can still go and buy alcohol if you get a DUI. Uh, alcohol. Yeah. Um. He, he he attributed the violence, a spike in violence, to being the same as that on those with on those on heroin. That's a moronic statement, mm-hmm. because 
Heroin and, and pot are totally not even the same thing. Not at all. To me, marijuana is more of a downer than it, and then heroin's more of a upper. Right. Um, and st- I can't see somebody going, <laughs> going to get into a fight, me and I. I mean, most times you just want to go eat Cheetos. Well, but the bottom <laughs> the bottom line in that that I'm trying to to make here is that the way it's been done thus far, I could tell you this was going to come sooner or later. Oh yeah, I said yeah. And and that and that and now we find ourselves in an interesting conundrum. And we've all said that though. The whole time. Even even when Obama was president, we were like, "Hello. They can Why didn't you it. do this?" How how does everybody think that Trump is chipping away at all the legacy things? Of, of of Obama and the regulations that he put into effect through executive order. All Trump has done as president is write a 180 executive order getting rid of what uh, Obama had done. Now, they, they've done some things by law now that uh, makes it more difficult uh, for some of Obama's material. For instance, when you're talking about uh, the deal dealing with Obamacare, now that they got rid of the mandate by law, uh, that just doesn't get put in back in by an executive order because you've got a law in the books that you you have to deal with. So it, it, it's going to be interesting to see. And, I, you know, I, I asked Jr. about this, which, by the way, the, the interview we did with J.R. Uh, Davis, uh, the uh, governor's spokesman, we replay that. That's coming up at 5 o'clock for you. And I hope that you'll listen to it because we talk specifically uh, about, you know, we're just rolling out our medicinal marijuana uh, deal. I mean, there's still a lot of things that they haven't figured out yet. And we're already a year past. I mean, it would be devastating to some of these states that have enacted these laws and have already wasted the time it, it would be a waste big waste of time and money because they and think about the jobs that would be lost i mean people are and the tax revenue there's so many there's so so many reasons to keep this let if you don't want to live in a state where where pot's not legal then move that's why we have state laws versus federal well but the problem is federal law oh i know supersedes state law so you got to get You've got to get the federal government on board or you're going to always have this possibility of problem. Well, and I don't understand how they don't how they don't understand that one of the most violent times in our history was in prohibition. And why was that? Because everyone was vying for control of alcohol. Well, see, here's the key. Val. I think that they could go in and and do something like changing, uh, you know, moving marijuana from being a drug that is considered like heroin or whatever because we all know That's now crazy. that it's not that right. but uh and the the way people look at marijuana has changed mm-hmm. over the years people don't look at pot the same way they did during the johnson administration or the nixon and uh, uh administration or the reagan administration for all that i mean uh you go back to the 60s 70s 80s and everybody had a completely different a viewpoint a much more hard line i think because the baby boomers now have aged and the greatest generation has moved on uh they have a different viewpoint on marijuana well it's the same with tattoos yeah well, it used to be if yeah. you had a tattoo oh, look at that yeah and now everyone's got a tattoo yeah 
I mean, that's I the, don't, what by I, the way. No, I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> my my son has one. I don't, but he has things that will stay with him forever, which I'm okay with. Um, but he also puts them where he can hide them. I made sure that he did that. When yeah, he so don't do the sleeve all the way down no. on your hand. Don't put them and on your won't. neck. Don't put them on your head. No. And I've also heard him tell. Or him, your face. Look, I've heard him tell his friends, oh, if you're going to get one, make sure you can get it where you can cover it up. I'm yeah. so proud. Smart. Yeah. He's smart. All right, let me tell everybody about Safari Pets, 808 West Main and Cabot. The holidays are over. Your son, your daughter, even you may have gotten a new pet. If you need supplies for that pet, if you need an item for taking care of your pet, if you need information about your pet, the best place to go is Safari Pets up in Cabot, largest independent pet store in Arkansas. They're on the Internet as well, safari-pet. Uh, dot com. You go there, and this is what sets them apart. You go to Safari Pets, and where you walk into the, the really big box store, pet stores, you know, and you go, hello, 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 you know, looking for somebody to help you. There's nobody basically there. There's very few people there. There's usually somebody behind the register because they want to make sure if you want to spend your money, they can collect it from you. But as far as giving you a lot of good information, that's typically not the case. It is the case at Safari Pets that you're going to find three or four people on the floor uh, in a place that's probably, um, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, a quarter of the size of the big box store and ready to help you answer your questions. And if that person can't answer the question, they will bring somebody over you to you that can answer the question. Last but not least, if you bring your children with you and they want to hold a ferret, you get to hold the ferret or a bunny, you know, one of those lop-eared bunnies they got there. Or, or uh, if you want to hold a, a hedgehog, you name it, one of the birds, the African parrots that they got, or a bearded lizard, even a scorpion. You can do it at Safari Pets. 808 West Main in Cabot. No. Okay. Yeah, that's a, 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 a cheap wine. <laughs> Sounds cheap. You know. <laughs> like Now, Russ, was Ripple cheaper than... MD 2020. Oh, Mad Dog. Oh, that I don't know about if, if if Mad Dog was any cheaper. Or which one was cheaper? I don't know. Boone's Farm was pretty cheap. Oh, that was good. Hey, Dave, what's Strawberry the word? Hill. Yeah, Strawberry that one was Hill. Good. What's, what's the word, Dave? What, what, what do you mean, what's the word? Brass monkey. What's the word? That funky monkey. Wine. The word is Thunderbird. Oh, Thunderbird. What's the price? There you go. 80 <laughs> twice. <laughs> I was uh, well, you, you way know off. Why? Sometimes you bring something up that... You know, I just forgot about, and I forgot about Thunder. Now, Thunderbird may have been the cheapest of all of them. Uh, yeah, at a buck sixty, I think it, it tasted. Pretty much it was. tasted like mouthwash. No, I don't know if y'all remember Night Train. Do you remember that? No, they don't, don't even don't sell that Night anymore. Train. They don't even sell that anymore. Wow. But that stuff was nasty. But I drank but it. But if you were really, if you were really hard up and you just you know needed to cop a buzz, and I'm not saying no, nah, no Robitussin. Oh God, Nyquil! I remember. No, I remember when I was in high school. Guys, no, he's right. Robitussin guys, was guys, more alcohol uh, than you could get. Guys, most. guys standing at their locker chugging Robitussin before they went to class. I've, I've heard of. Well, they do that now, but they they uh, do use promethazine with Sprite. That's what you call lean. Really? Yeah. What That's is, what little what Wayne is, was drinking. What is promethazine? It's like uh, what your doctor prescribes you. Well, promethazine is, it, is, it is a, like a... Is it a cough syrup? No. Well, with codeine it is. It's, oh, it's, it's got codeine in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
And uh, so, yeah, they mix that with Sprite and they make it a drink now. Oh, okay. But I've heard of people drinking mouthwash to get, like, the oh, bums. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That happens. Ugh. I mean, Robitussin is the cough syrup. But back in the day, it had more, uh, I guess it was codeine that was in it at that time. And the people yeah. and alcohol. And people would drink it. I mean, that's why uh, when I was in the military, our cough syrup, we always referred to it as GI gin. <laughs> it was about 60 proof. Knock you out. I mean, truth is about 60 proof. Yeah, you t- took a shot of that. It was like if you picked up a bottle of, uh, you, you know, some. Cruzan. I don't know, some whiskey and just took a shot of a it. A crown. My old, my old buddies out there, former vets, know what I'm talking about. You know. How were you effective then if you were jacked you were, up on you were, cough medicine? They put you on sick call. Oh, did they? If they're going to put you on, you know, if they're going to put you on GI okay, Gen, you're going say. on, you're going on sick call. You didn't just get the stay home. Stay, stay in your barracks, young man. You know, <laughs> airmen, stay in your barracks. Hey, slick sleeve. <laughs> wow, that's what you call the guy who hadn't even got his first stripe yet. Aw, slick, slick sleeve. sleeve. Yeah, slick hmm. sleeve. That was what it was. So Biden says that he could have beat Trump, huh? Oh, my. I just just saw that. My, How about my, that? my. Yeah. We'll hear that for a long time. The proof is in the pudding, So he's going to run? Is that what it's no. coming down to? How old would Biden be? Well, like I don't know, but. 95? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> well, I can't I see know. Elizabeth Warren running either. No. Pocahontas? She'd fall down the stairs running. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saying. If Elizabeth Warren runs for president, she must wear a headdress. Yeah. I'm just saying. She's a Native American. She must wear. She isn't. I know she's not. I'm, no, I know. You know. I'm but making here's, here's, fun of Speaking it. of stairs. 20 seconds. I know everyone heard of the, uh, I know everyone heard of Hillary's house catching on fire yesterday. Yes, it did. And uh, I wonder I what her, documents they were burning. I think her pants finally caught on fire. <laughs> okay. I mean, she's. Running through the house and caught the curtains on fire. Liar, liar, pants there on you fire. Go. All right, Fox News is next when we get back. Trump says we're going to do offshore drilling. All right, so let's talk about Lewis Family Beef real quick. I mean, mm. you know, Lewis Family Beef, it's the real deal. Uh, people who buy Lewis Family Beef say they'll never buy beef from a big box store ever again. Why? Because it's clean. And because it's clean, it tastes better. No antibiotics, no hormones, stress-free means that the the beef is tender. You don't believe me. You talk to Sarah, Sarah Lewis. You can talk to her on her, her Facebook page about this, and she'll convince you like she convinced me because I made fun of it when she told me their beef was stre- their cows were stress-free. I started asking, do you bring in masseuses and things of that nature to keep them stress-free? And she says, Dave, I'm serious by getting them out into the pastures and things of that nature and let them just graze around and everything. And the hormones that go into any animal, uh, when it goes into fight or flight kind of, uh, stress makes the meat tougher. Their cows aren't that way. So their cows are going to produce beef that is more tender. You can buy a quarter steer, uh, or cow, you can buy a, a half of a cow. You can buy a whole cow. I just gave the my the number to Lewis Family Beef to uh, Duck yesterday. Got a couple people want to buy a whole cow. They're going in together on it. And they're going to save a lot of money on their beef as well. And what happens after you decide what you want to buy as far as the size? And the packing house gives you a call. They set up how you want it cut up. 
You know, do you want the steak to be uh, an inch or do you want two inches on the steak? Uh, and all of that, do you, do you want do you want some uh, tomahawk ribeye? I rib was going to say I want the tomahawk. The tomahawk ribeye. I mean, what you I want. get that as well. I could eat that whole thing. Now, after that's done, uh, the packing house then calls uh, the Lewis family back and they'll deliver it to your home. What? Yep. They, they deliver it to you absolutely free. Uh, free. And, and understand that Lewis family beef, uh, the cows are born on their farm and they're raised on their ranch. I mean, that's how, that's how it works out now to get more information so that you can get into this as well. You get a hold of Cody or Sarah Lewis. They're up in Greenbrier. Don't let that scare you away. Free delivery. Uh, 501-514-1494. 501-514-1494. Or if you can't get a hold of Sarah because she she homeschools their children, she might be doing a lesson or something, you can reach them on Facebook. Facebook.com. Lewis Family Beef. I'm just telling you. You will not be disappointed. All right. So the Trump administration is proposing. I'm loving this. I'm just telling you, I'm loving this. I've been saying this. It, it's so, it's so much fun with Trump just because things that conservatives have been talking about for decades are starting to get done. He wants to open up 90% of the outer continental shelf off the U.S. coast for oil and gas exploration. It's the largest single expansion of offshore drilling activity ever proposed. Said uh, Interior Secretary Ryan uh, Zink, we're embarking on a new path for energy dominance. Even before it was officially announced, the move to expand drilling, of course, was denounced by the environmental groups who say it would only disturb maritime ecosystems, but it would also increase the supply and use of fossil fuels that contribute to climate change. Notice the global warming that's going on outside. Uh, The proposal includes 47 potential lease sales in 25 of the 26 planning areas, 19 sales off the coast of Alaska, seven in the Pacific region, 12 in the Gulf of Mexico, 9 in the Atlantic. The five-year plan covering 2019 to 2024 was initiated by the America First Offshore Energy Strategy Directive that President Trump first unveiled in April that could eventually open up Arctic waters and millions of coastal acres off of U.S. shores to oil and gas drilling. Quote, our country is blessed with incredible natural resources, including abundant offshore oil and natural gas resources. But the federal government has kept 94% of these offshore areas closed for exploration and production. This deprives our country of potentially thousands and thousands of jobs and billions of dollars in wealth. I've already asked to immediately meet with the secretary to discuss the concerns I have with his plan and the crucial needs to remove Florida from consideration. The governor said that this is Rick Scott in a statement released to his press office. My top priority is to ensure that Florida's natural resources are protected. 
All right. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Tim in Whitehall wants to join us. Hey, Tim, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick hey, Show. Hey, good, Dave. What's yeah, up, brother? That, that, is one of my, that is one of my complaints against the Democratic Party. They, in, the, in 1980, 81, the Democratic-controlled Congress put 85% of the continental shelf off limits to drill in the United States. They, they, didn't, they didn't touch the Gulf Coast down there too much. I don't think there's a bunch of oil wells and gas wells down there. They don't have any trouble with them. Uh, so far, and, and the uh, and the Democrats have hampered these big oil companies from drilling the United States for a long time, and it forced us to have to go to Persian Gulf region and spend seven hundred billion dollars a year to import oil when we had it here all along. Hey Jim, let's remember that during uh, the late seventies. Uh, and then during the eighties, I mean, during Jimmy Carter's administration, they capped wells all over the United States. And then we all found ourselves sitting in lines determined, determined by what was the last number of our license plates. You remember that? Yeah, that's right. And sometimes you want, we wonder who our enemy is. Yeah. What was it that, uh, Opa, uh that, what was it that Opus always says? We've seen, we've met the enemy and he is us. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. That's what went on. And a foreign country couldn't have hampered us anymore uh, for, along that aspect than the Democrats did. Yeah, I'm with you, Jim. That I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, things that we have wanted for decades are now coming true. By the way, I think it wasn't uh, Opus; it was Pogo, wasn't it? That said, we've met, we have met the enemy, and he is us. I'm pretty sure that's right. If I'm wrong, you can call in till Russ and he'll pass it on to me. Eight two three zero nine six five. But doesn't this kind of stuff get you excited, Val? Mm-hmm. I mean, this it's is about stuff we've been, we've been trying to do. I mean, look, uh, the senator up in Alaska. The reason she voted for the tax plan is because they told them they're going to let them start drilling up there. They're they're missing. I knew there was they're, something. They're, they're missing out mil, uh, mm-hmm. millions oh, yeah. of dollars. Oh up yeah. There. And I knew that there was something that got her to vote. Yes, on well, the tax. That was that was the reason, ladies yep, and gentlemen. We knew we'd find it. There's horse trading going on up there in that there capital on top of the <laughs> hill. All right, don't forget about uh, PI Roofing and Home Solutions. They got a bigger name now because they offer more service. The uh, Home Solutions is very interesting because Joel Johnson knew that if you had a leak in your roof, that they had to come out and fix. You're going to get water in your house, which means you're going to have damage inside the house whether it was to the insulation, maybe it was a, a hailstorm and uh, your ventilation's been damaged. Uh, maybe water gets inside your house and now you've got drywall problems. You got stains on the ceiling. Uh, you, you got some painting that needs to be done. Well, Joel Johnson said, let's make it easy for the homeowners. So he hired people now that work with directly to are employed by PI Roofing and uh, when you have one of these problems, they can take care of it for you. It's a, like a, a one-stop shop of everything that could be bad about a roof leak can be taken care of now by PI Roofing and Home Solutions. Find out more about it. They're open. Uh, they got things going 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. 
And PI Roofing Home Solutions will answer all of your questions because they're your roof leak detectives. Just go find piroofing.com or go to the, uh, Google them at PI Roofing. All right, so Val, you asked me uh, earlier in the hour when I told you we we're going to talk about this story that Chicago's new body cams violate the rights of police, according to a judge. This is from the Daily Caller. A Chicago judge ruled that the city's expansion of its body camera program infringed on the labor rights of police officers because they didn't negotiate the program with local police unions. Ugh. Administrative law judge Anna Hamburg Gal issued a recommendation to the state labor relations board this week, which will have the final say in whether the body cam program stays. That according to Chicago Tribune, the new program, which was implemented in December, equipped every cop in the city with a body camera. Hamburg Gale advised that the city hold off on the program and do negotiations with the city's largest police union, the uh, FOP. This ruling is narrow in scope and does not have any immediate impact on the operations of the Chicago Police Department. That according to the Chicago Police Spokesman, uh, officers will continue to wear and use body cameras which serve to protect them and the public. We're proud that Chicago is now home to the largest body-worn camera program in the nation, and we are already working with the law department to appeal aspects of the ruling. Chicago used the program to reach its goal of equipping every officer with a camera nearly a full year ahead of schedule, so long as the program stays in place, the city will have the largest deployment of body cameras in the country. This is another victory for the FOP in filing unfair labor police allegations against the city. FOP president Kevin Graham told the Tribune, the city has implemented policies that should have been negotiated first. This is an exceptional win, win for our members. So it's the union against the city, the police department. We'll have to see how it all works out. This is like whenever our when we had the teachers, you know, going on strike. Well, no, it was in Chicago. It was Chicago when the teachers were on strike. Yeah, a couple of years ago. So it, when are we going to not need unions anymore? We have $15 minimum wage jobs in some of these states, and they still have unions. I don't understand if... The taxpayers are paying these people. Right. How a union can screw the taxpayers. I, I just don't understand that, but it's the biggest. If it weren't for public service unions, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have unions right. in this country anymore, hardly. Mm-mm. I mean, it'd be down right now. I think it's like in the, the upper 20%. Uh, if it they were gone, uh, you know, you, what is it, the SEICU or whatever? If if you if they were all of those folks were gone and the ones that are up in Washington D.C. there'd be no unions. It'd be like five percent union. Yeah, we don't need unions anymore. People, not the way they used to. No, not yeah. the way they used to. And the thing about it is, is they're all they tell these people, oh, we need you need us, you need us. No, you need the money that comes out of every person's paycheck well, to pay your salary. Here's my question: What is it that they want to negotiate <laughs> about a body cam? Right. What? How it can be used in you know, when they bring a, a member of the police force up, uh, you can only show X amount of minutes of video or something. I mean, I'd, I'd really like to know what the FOP has against the body cams. Maybe I'll try. It's probably, I will try hard 
to get a hold of Kevin Graham and see if he'll join us here and tell us what the FOP, the Fraternal Order of Police. And look, I like the guys at the FOP. Yeah. I've worked really closely with the guys here in, in uh, uh, Little Rock, and uh, they've come on and been on my show many, many times. My only thing I think is uh, my guess would be that they would be more more quick to take a pause in certain circumstances because there's a body cam on and they might get slapped with a, you know, you, you shouldn't have done this or you shouldn't have done that. I I think that that's probably sometimes in those moments you don't have to think, but if if they are thinking, okay, I got a camera on me. If the labor board concurs with Hamburg Gale's recommendation, any officers who have been punished for misusing or misplacing their cameras will have their punishments overturned and the city will also lose its ability to discipline officers for not using their cameras. Yeah, and also, don't you have to turn them on? Well, that's what I'm saying. they got to be turned on. So oh, is that what, what, okay. if it, what, what they're saying here is that you get punished if you don't do that. Yeah. Or if you misplace it, you know, you want to go out and... Punished. Okay, so know. if you are, let's see, let's see, if you shot a guy... And they're saying that you shouldn't have shot him. And they want to show and you the didn't video. Turn on, you didn't turn on your camera. That's right. And you're and, and over this side, you're going to get punished because you didn't turn on your camera. This side over here, you're going to get thrown in jail. Or did you pull? Come on now. Or did you pull up? Pull somebody over for speeding, and because they were irritated about it, you cussed them out. Right. You know, all of that's going to be captured on mm-hmm. a body cam. So. Uh, I guess it's, uh, you know, just the, the officer's not happy with some of this. It's just kind of interesting. Well, because it's, I mean, to me, you should be more worried about the public that you serve. I mean, you also have to worry about yourself, but if you're doing the right thing, then you wouldn't have to worry about yourself and your job. Well, and it, I think also... The camera would prove the camera. Yeah, I think the camera can help set up a lot of um, belief between, I don't, that's not the right word, but the trust trust is a better word. Trust between civilians mm-hmm. and, and police officers. Like I said, if you're, if you're not doing anything wrong. Of course, sometimes the public has to understand what you see in those videos may not be seen the same way by people right. who know what goes out on goes down out on the street they know certain movements mean certain things mm-hmm. and that's why something happened that, that the camera is not picking up because if look if you're in an altercation with somebody and you're right up against them the camera doesn't show very much of anything mm-hmm. except you know the fabric that you're picking up right you know, and so, it also doesn't know. show the other all the angles yeah. i mean but, but it does give you something to go that on. you can go on. Uh, it was instrumental in the guy that shot uh, the gentleman, I don't know if it was North Carolina, South Carolina, in the back five times. The one that was running from yeah, him? Yeah, uh, because, yeah. And child had, support warrant? They had cameras. They had cameras. <laughs> and then that. tried to put a gun on him? Yep. Say, yeah. That yeah was they didn't get that part of it, but they got the shooting. Right. That's all they needed. It absolutely took care of took care of all of that as far as that was concerned. All right, Val, it's always a pleasure to have you in. Yes, sir. Good show today. Uh, in the next hour, you're going to be uh, having fun listening to J.R. Davis, the uh, spokesman for the governor's uh, office. We uh, 
got involved in a discussion on a whole lot of different things. Kind of got silly a couple of times, but that's always part of the Dave Ellswick show. <laughs> uh, we have fun with that. My cynicism comes out in spades sometimes. <laughs> we were talking about marijuana uh, and talking about, you know, and I'm brought up, I got CNN involved in it. Right. You know, because they're they needed, the that was crazy. That was just absolutely crazy about CNN. But they're probably the reason that, that this all happened. So thank you, CNN, because now <laughs> you're going to make sessions go hard. Well, it, it cracked me up when that, that, uh, that reporter, I mean, I was looking at, it and I, I, I looked over at uh, my son. Were you watching CNN? And I was uh, checking out what they were reporting. Well, no, I was looking at the video. Oh, afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And I said, take a look at this. Yeah. I said, this is crazy stuff. She's putting a bong on, a bong mask on. I'm are you out of your mind? And then showing, she's sitting there showing the, the marijuana cigarette mm-hmm. that she's having. I think people were more outraged at that than they were Don Lemon kissing his boyfriend. I guess. Or Andy Cohen and, yeah. and uh, Anderson Cooper almost making out. That's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, how many gays do you who need would, on a... Who would make out with I mean, Anderson Cooper? Well, I mean, he lives with he, a dude. He's, he's like an, he is like a, he's he's like an, a white, pasty he, troll. He is an, well, he's now... Is he albino? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Before I get my just does, before I get myself in trouble, he's a here, vampire. Can I say albino that way without being? You care about politically correct? correct? Well, no, but uh, you know, I don't like the, all the necessary. No, he's not an albino because his stuff that I get. His eyes are. You would tell by his eyes and lips. Does he still play? Does he still wear? You know, Vanderbilt jeans. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't His mom's to, like in her nineties. I don't, 90s, I don't know she? if he even talks I to do. her anymore. I have a pair of Gloria Vanderbilt. Do you really? Yes, I do. You got her name on your butt? I, not today. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I remember talking about that. Why would you play pay an extra fifty dollars for to a have- pair of blue jeans just because it had Gloria Vanderbilt's <laughs> name on your butt? Unbelievable. All right, that wraps it up for today. Jr. is coming up in the next hour. I'll see you tomorrow. Fun Friday. Matt Smith will be back. He was down in Turks, Caicos over the holidays we have to talk to him about that we got to check out that tan that he has that's coming up tomorrow starting at two on the dave ellswick show the dave ellswick show podcast is sponsored by the juris law group we provide estate planning for all ages and we specialize in helping seniors get va and medicaid benefits for in-home assisted living and nursing home care for a no-risk consultation call us at 501-400-8250 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com that's j-u-r-i-s-t lawgroup.com three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com